So, on this episode of Triage, I'm catching you up on a YouTube video from my YouTube channel. Now, we've been dedicating a fair bit of time to YouTube recently, and it's been growing fairly well, so thanks for all the support. The episode itself aired four days ago and was entitled 5 If Reasons You Should Invest in 2023. I'll include a link to the video down below, so be sure to check it out. In the video, Tommy summarises masterfully, if I may say, a 99-page investing insight report from JP Morgan. Without further ado, let's get into the first lesson. So in this first clip, Tommy is shown an incredible chart that eliminates the magic of compound interest. I highly recommend you check it out on the link below, where you can see it in glorious HD. So what we've got here on the left is someone who starts at the age of 25, investing £5,000 per year with an average of 5% growth. Uh, so if you do that, at age 65, you have £639,000, okay? Whereas if you started at age 35, again, investing 5,000 per year with a 5% return, you'd have £354,000 at the age of 65, or £285,000 less. What's even more remarkable, and why this chart's so powerful, because it demonstrates what is basically compound interest, is the person who started at age 25 has only contributed 50,000 more, £5,000 a year for 10 years, than the person who started at 35. But by the age of 65, that £50,000 extra has compounded into an additional £285,000 at age 65. So that just shows you the power of compound interest and why getting started with investing early is really important. So I wasn't able to start investing at age 25 because I was still at medical school and I had terrible debts like credit cards that I needed to pay off before investing. When I did finally have enough money to invest, it was tiny amounts, 50 pounds a month, which at the time felt totally pointless. But over the years, these early small investments have just continued to compound. So if you're lucky enough to start investing at age 25, great. But if not, just start as soon as you can. And this graph is one of the reasons why my children invest and I talked about how I'm teaching my kids about money in another video. Then on the right of this graph, we see the power of reinvesting dividends. So quick recap, dividends are money that companies pay to people that own shares in that company. And if you're buying funds, which I'm gonna define in a minute, sometimes you'll see income after the fund name, which generally means they don't reinvest the dividends. And sometimes you'll see accumulation or ACC sometimes, after the fund name, which means they do reinvest the dividends. So that's just something to watch out for if you're managing your own investments. So I'm actually around the age that that first doctor at 25 started investing to see those returns. And at present, I'm really just trying to build a substantial emergency fund, as you never can predict when you're gonna need that little bit of extra cash sitting there. Which just goes to show there is no perfect timeline here. You know, ideally we'd all invest at age zero and have a fortune by the end. You know what, real life isn't like that all the time, and it's okay. It's okay wherever you're at. Once I've managed to build that up, however, I'm gonna be taking that approach of little and often to hopefully make use of that sweet, sweet compound interest. Okay, lesson two. You know that old trope of keeping all your money under a mattress? To be fair, doing this, you might avoid troubles during a bank run, which is just where everyone panics and wants to withdraw their money from the bank at once if they fear an imminent collapse. Now, if you are a little worried about this, you don't need to worry so much these days. Firstly, there's a strong interbank market which means that banks can borrow from each other and the central bank to front any shortfalls that they might have. Secondly, the Financial Services Compensation Scheme, or FSCS, backs up your deposits for up to £85,000 for an individual, or each in a joint account scenario. 
And thirdly, the Bank of England can alter these reserve requirements, which basically means banks need to have a little bit more kept back if demand is there. And they do this through the Prudential Regulation Authority. Okay, tangent over. The major reason for the old adage, cash is trash, is due to performance over time. Again, the graph would be helpful here, but here's Tommy talking you through it. So looking at the graph, you can see that long term, investing in equities has massively outperformed bonds. And the reason cash is not a safe haven is because although it might feel less risky to keep cash under the mattress instead of risking it all on investments, in fact, unfortunately, cash is not a safe haven because inflation is constantly eroding the value of that cash. So look at this chart. If you invested £1 in 1900 in equities, today you would have £386. If you put that £1 into bonds, today you would have £4. And if you put that £1 into cash, today you would have £2. So that just shows you that in the long term, equities are massively outperformed bonds and cash. All right, lesson three is all about diversification. You'll almost certainly have heard of and hopefully implement this. You know, think of don't put all those lovely eggs in one basket. Have a look at this colourful chart which shows the best performing asset class in any one year. So for example, in year 2016, HY bonds or high yield bonds were the best returning asset class, returning nearly 37%, okay? Do you notice the pattern? The pattern is, there is no pattern. And that's really, really important because what this shows is that you need to diversify your investments to reduce risks. So if you don't have a solid investing plan, more on that later, then you could end up chasing winners. Okay, so for example, you might be reading the financial press in 2017, when as we can see, EM equities or emerging market equities were performing really, really well, returning 26% and think, yeah, I'm gonna buy some emerging market equities. The next year, these same equities lost 8.9%. Again, in 2018, you might buy government bonds which returned 5.8%, and then in 2019, these same government bonds return only 1.5%. So if you're chasing winners like this, you end up buying high and possibly selling low, and that is a surefire way to lose money. So, unless you think you can predict the future and you can predict the pattern of a chart like this, one sensible option is to buy a wide range of investments, and this is called diversification. As Jack Bogle, the founder of Vanguard and proponent of low-cost index fund investing says, don't look for the needle, just buy the haystack. By which he means, don't worry about trying to select winning shares, the needle, just buy the haystack, a broad diversified index fund that owns a little bit of all asset classes. Interestingly, Jack Bogle had a pretty complex medical history and actually underwent a heart transplant, but you're not here for information about that. So buying the haystack or diversification means not putting all your eggs in one basket and instead buying a wide range of investments, which as we saw in lesson two, over time, equities have done very well. When it comes to lesson four, an important part of any financial plan is consideration of timescales. In very general terms, the longer the frame, time frame for investing, the better your returns might, might be. So insert your classic past performance is not indicative of future returns and you're good to go. Lesson four, time reduces risk. One thing all investors worry about, including me, is losing money. And as Warren Buffett says, the first rule of investing is don't lose money. And the second rule of investing 
is don't forget the first rule. And you might have heard people say, you need to invest for a minimum of five years. And the reason for that five year timeframe is this next chart. So what this chart shows is a range of returns on several different types of investment from 1950 to 2022. For example, if you held a portfolio of stocks, denoted by the green bar, for one year during that time period, the maximum gain was 47%. Great. But the maximum loss in that time period, 1950 to 2022, was 39%. And that's what we call volatile. You might win big, but you might lose big. And remember Warren's first rule of investing is don't lose money. In blue, we have the same for bonds. And in gray, we have a portfolio of 50% bonds and 50% shares, which as you can see, is much less volatile. There's much lower highs and less low lows but the returns are also worse than the pure share portfolio, which is in green. And so if we move along the graph a bit to the five-year returns, you can see the maximum return for shares is 28%, but the maximum loss is 3%. So that's much less volatile than over one year. And if we move out to the 20-year timeframe, the maximum gain was 17% and there is no loss, just a 6% gain. Holding investments for a longer period of time reduces volatility and decreases your risk of money. So that is why people generally advocate investing in stocks for a minimum of five years. The final lesson at the Medics Money School of Banking and Excellence is that volatility is normal. Now, a big part of what your financial advisor will be able to do for you is to reassure that your plan will hold during these times of volatility and that it's okay to ride them out. That's partly why diversification is so important. As you want your assets held to be roughly negatively correlated so that even when one asset's doing quite badly, the other might be doing positively. I mean, the classic example of this, you'll have heard it before, is the ice cream in the umbrella salesman. If you sell both, then when it's rainy, you're gonna do really well on the umbrella side, not so well on the ice cream side and vice versa. Now, shamelessly, if you do need a financial advisor, head over to medicsmoney.co.uk and we'll be able to help you from there. Now, you might have noticed from the previous chart that over 20 years, the S&P index, which is a group of 500 companies in America, returned 11.1%. But within this very nice sounding return is a lot of volatility. Some years, good years, and some years, bad years. But on average, more good years than bad years. The point of this chart here, which shows the good years and the bad years. So good years, bull market, which is defined as more than 20% gain from the market trough. And gray shows a bear market, which represents a 20% or more decline from the previous market high. What you see is actually within that 11.1% average return for the S&P 500 is a tremendous amount of volatility. And my point of showing you this is that volatility is normal and volatility is expected. Anytime the stock market goes down, the newspapers screen crash and catastrophe because that's what sells newspapers. But by studying the history of what you are investing in, it will help you to filter out this noise from the newspapers and the hysteria from people whose job it is to sell newspapers. And instead you'll realize that volatility is normal and volatility is expected. 
And over time, as I said, there will be more good years than bad years, hence 11.1% return. Of course, in investing, nothing is guaranteed. You've read the disclaimer, you know that past performance is not a reliable indicator of current and future performance, and you've also read the disclaimer on this video. So what changes am I making to my own portfolio as a result of this information from the JP Morgan's Guide to the Markets? Well, absolutely none. The longer you invest for, the more you realize that no one can predict the future. And as Jack Bogle says, don't look for the needle, which is incredibly hard to do, just buy the haystack. So I personally own a low cost, well diversified, mostly passive tracker portfolio. And instead of trying to predict the future, instead I'm focusing on what I can control. And what I can control is my savings rate and making sure that my portfolio is nicely diversified and is as tax efficient as possible. Thanks again for tuning in to Medics Money Triage. Hopefully it's been a little bit useful. Again, check out the full video linked below for all the charts we've discussed. Thanks for all your support. It really means a lot. And have a lovely weekend, whatever you're up to, and take care.